This is the Frontier of Finance, the podcast that covers the hottest new funds and important milestones of marquee funds in Canada. On the Frontier, we go directly to the source, interviewing portfolio managers, executives, and sales leaders at the top asset management firms. Stay on top of the latest innovations, react to market trends, and make better investment decisions for your clients. I'm your host, James Rockwood, and I'm welcoming you to the Frontier of Finance. Today's a very exciting day for us on the Frontier, as we cover a brand new fund which just launched yesterday. This season, we've had guests from some of the country's biggest asset managers join us to speak about the latest and greatest in asset management and to keep you up to date on innovation in the industry. But as a tech founder, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on one market that's been making waves since the start of the pandemic, and that's technology. I'm pleased to welcome our friends at TD Asset Management back to the show. Our first guest is Vitaly Mosinov, Vice President, Portfolio Manager, and Global Technology Analyst at TDAM. Vitaly has been with TDAM since 2015 and provides investment recommendations on companies in the tech sector. We're also welcoming back Jonathan Needham, VP of ETF Distribution at TDAM. Jonathan joined us back in September for our healthcare investing episode and has returned to the show to talk to us about TD's brand new ETF. Vitaly and Jonathan, thanks so much for including us in your rollout on the new product. Let's get right to it. Jonathan, Vitaly, welcome back to the frontier. We love repeat visitors. Thanks, James. Great, uh, great to be here. Thanks for having us. So last time we spoke, it was all about the impact of COVID-19 on healthcare investing. One thing that happened during the pandemic was also an immense investment in technology. Are investors continuing this tech investing binge as much as they were at the height of the pandemic? Hey, James, it's Vitaly here. We think the answer to that question is unequivocally yes, and we see it in how investors are behaving. So as you pointed out, tech outperformed pretty dramatically in the early phases of COVID. But we're seeing the same pattern continue, just in a slightly different way here in 2021. Now, what you saw during the pandemic is a big rotation towards the COVID beneficiaries. We all know these companies, the Zooms, the Teladocs, the Pelotons of the world. But if you kind of mark ourselves to the beginning of, uh, of the end of the pandemic, that Pfizer vaccine announcement on, uh, I think it was November 9th or so, 2020, you've actually got a tech sector that's outperformed the rest of the market over those 12 months. And, and I think it, it seems uh, somewhat shocking and, and incredible to many observers, but indeed the S&P 500 is up about 35%. You've got, however, the S&P 500 tech sector that's up 40% since that date. So investors still very much uh, interested in technology, even in the late phases of COVID, or at least I hope the late phases of COVID. But it's just a different basket of stocks within technology that they're pursuing. And then what are investors considering when they're choosing these tech investments now Obviously, you talked about the COVID beneficiaries at the start. Are they looking now more at mature companies in other tech areas or newer rapid growth companies that are more focused on buzz topics like uh, metaverse tech and blockchain? A, a little bit of everything. I, I think last year, and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I think a lot of investors look back and say, 
gosh, it was so easy last year. I could have figured out Peloton or I could have figured out Zoom, right? Of course, <laughs> most of us never did. But again, it's, it's that factor of hindsight. So I think what we've seen in 2021 is people step back and say, well, again, not to pick on them, but hey, Peloton's not going to work that well now. You know, that's obvious. But what do I do? What is the next uh, buzz topic or substantial theme, if you will? Now, while investors are figuring that out, I think they've, uh, they've decided they're going to spend a lot of time or at least put their capital into the big tech companies, the apples of the world, uh, the uh, alphabets of the world. And, and that's simply because these businesses are doing well. Growth rates are terrific. They've got some easy comps from COVID. And so investors put their money there, rotated out of the pandemic winners. And in the meanwhile, they've started examining what is that next theme Some have come to the conclusion that it's metaverse. We think there are many other ones to consider aside from the metaverse. And so it's been, a, I think it's been a year of discovery and uh, debate. But I think let's play a detective and figure out what those areas are. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll be wrong on some. We'll be right on, uh, on some. But you can see the, how ferocious these narratives are. And that's, I guess, a function of a whole different podcast of you know, how the media affects investor sentiment and whatnot that people really chase. And our job is to go beyond that, you know, that topic that's on, on everyone's mind and figure out what are going to be some other planes of value creation that might not be a front page news today. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that actually is a perfect segue And I'm really excited about this. I mean, hot off the press, TDAM has launched a brand new tech ETF um, just yesterday, the TD Global Technology Innovators Index ETF, or TECI. And I'm so excited to be speaking about the product the day after the launch. It's exactly what we're trying to do at the Frontier. And so tell us about the strategy behind this new ETF and what drove the creation of a new tech ETF when you already have the TD Global Technology Leaders Index ETF, or TEC, that already ranks as one of the largest tech ETFs in Canada today. Okay, well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that because uh, I think we have a great product and uh, we're building something, I think, even more exciting. So you'll have to permit me to rewind. Uh, May 2019, that's when we launched TEC, TD Global Technology Leaders Index ETF, And that was really premised on the belief that there was no pure technology ETF that did investors justice. There are ETFs uh, replicating the NASDAQ 100, for example, out there. And that was sort of uh, a gold standard. But we saw flaws in different approaches. For example, the NASDAQ 100 has companies like Starbucks or uh, Costco, American Airlines at that time on it, obviously non-tech companies. They may be great businesses, but they're not tech companies. And so it was an opportunity for us to use our expert judgment and go around the 20-plus developed markets and to say, the, this is the pool of tech companies that we're going to draw from. Uh, nothing non-tech, everything tech. And we thought that was unique. We think the market agrees that there's over $2 billion in, in AUM. Uh, but There's an opportunity now to do something different, and um, it really stemmed from the realization that, um, A, you've got the reality that uh, 40% or so of the uh, TEC ETF is in the big five tech companies. So again, the Apples and the Alphabets of the world. And there's been nothing wrong with that. These have been some of the best compounders uh, out there, period. 
Um, they've consistently given you above market returns. But we do see a reality where, like it or not, these companies with a trillion plus in revenues and uh, many trillions in market cap are probably closer to uh, the middle or the end of their company life cycle, if you will, than, than the beginning. And so the opportunity is for us to say, hey, we're getting into a new decade, still early. We see the innovation, we see the change, we see all these different themes. Uh, is there an opportunity to create a product that is actually capturing companies that call it peak innovation? We're not talking about speculative businesses that have ideas or patents, but no revenues yet. But we're also not talking about established businesses like Apple that have $400 billion in revenue. And I think if I recall, the, the healthcare ETF that we covered on our last episode on the Frontier followed sort of a, a uniquely created and blended index that you had created with the supplier. Is that the same approach that you took with TECI, or how did you actually create the Innovators Index um, to create the ETF from? That's, uh, that's pretty much it. It was, it was a unique construction method. And so, again, looking back to TEC, it was an opportunity for us to essentially comb through uh, the Arbix classification system, which goes several layers deep, and we would go across every single sector, whether it was industrials or consumer discretionary. And I think we went seven layers deep, if I'm not mistaken. And we could see that if a company like Tesla was classified as an industrials company, so not a tech company factually, de facto, but we would do our investigation. In Tesla's case, investigation is not really necessary. We understand the company. It's a, it's a quite a famous company and say, you know, we think the substance of what they're doing with electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles down the road is within the scope of a technology business. And so we could use the discretion to include that subsector to the seventh degree in the index. And so we took that approach again and used it here in, in techie. So I think we're quite confident telling investors that the constituents that they're buying in this TF, it's going to be all tech. And we think that that, uh, that is very hard for competitors to replicate. The other exciting thing that uh, doesn't exist with TC, is the new innovation is we use the knowledge we have from factor backtesting as to what works in the past to introduce this selection mechanism for, for the new ETF. So for example, the 100 holdings that you're, you're going to have in your portfolio with uh, Techie, TCI are going to be based on a scoring mechanism uh, that values revenue growth, it values return on invested capital, and it, 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 it values margin expansion, operating margin expansion as well. And so there's a growth bias, there's a quality bias. We know these factors have worked for returns in the past with technology. It's a concentrated portfolio in the end with 100 holdings, with TC now has more than 200, so there's a big change there. And predictably, some of the top holdings are going to be companies like Shopify or the semiconductor equipment maker ASML. So we think some really exciting holdings and the final product and the output speaks for the thoughtfulness of methodology. And if I'm an advisor... How do I identify a client who's an ideal investor for TECI? And then secondly, how do you talk to your clients about the difference between TECI and TEC? Thanks, James. I'll be happy to take that. You know, as I've been working with advisors for a couple of decades now, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think, you know, as, as Vitaly mentioned, TEC is, is the big tech of today. 
So the technology trends of today and making sure you're capturing the, the, the FANG stocks, as an example, whereas Techie, um, the Global Technology Innovators Index ETF, uh, those are the innovators of tomorrow. So, you know, quality companies still in the early to mid stages, as Vitaly had mentioned, and, and that growth prospects that come with that excitement of, of, of that, those firms, if you will. And so I think, you know, for an advisor today, you know, you really look at if you're a purist and you're typically looking to get market exposure, uh, our new innovators ETF is essentially a completion index, if you will. It's now making sure you're getting that global completion of technology around the globe. And of course, if you're an advisor that already has a fair amount of U.S. exposure, which would obviously have a big amount of the FANG stocks already, then you may not need our original tech uh, ETF, TEC, uh, but certainly TECI is going to be a great complement and give you exposure uh, in a growth sector that you don't have, that you're not capturing for your clients today. So those are really the main, the main differences is obviously the, you know, the trends of today versus the, uh, the innovators of tomorrow. Perfect. So... If you had a TECI and you're talking to the client about that, it's really if they're already covering off a decent exposure to tech, but you want to give them the tech of today, but you want to give them exposure to the innovators of tomorrow a little bit more out there than the sort of core tech exposure they have today. And that's how you're going to leverage TECI versus TEC. Yeah, James, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, TECI is meant to kind of supplement the higher growth component of a portfolio, you know, to offset any tilts that an advisor may have within their practice if they're already sitting in a little bit more value tilt uh, and they need to get a little bit more growth exposure. And obviously, it's a, it's a way of increasing the technology exposure without increasing their exposure to those big fang stocks that they already may own. And I think that runs in perfectly to the next question around how do you use TECI in a portfolio and then what are you looking to pair it well with? First and foremost, I mean, it's meant as a satellite position. So call it, you know, two to five percent of, of an overall portfolio uh, and a way in which to get additional exposure to technology without having overlap um, that you probably already have. If you have broad index market exposure uh, like U.S. equity uh, and or if you've got a technology like TEC already in your portfolio. And so you're, you're looking at it as a complement, a completion, call it that two to five percent add on to add that growth component to a portfolio. And how would TDAM be expecting TECI to perform differently from TEC or other general tech ETFs on the market? You know, as we did with, with TEC, I, I think, you know, at TD Asset Management, we built a better mousetrap, thankfully, with the input of Vitaly and the, and the uh, I'll say, the collaboration that we have uh, with our index provider. And so, you know, I think we're going to see, you know, added value, added alpha relative to other index strategies that are capturing similar exposure in the marketplace. And so, again, we've gone global, so a bigger sandbox. So in addition to adding additional diversification, having that pure technology exposure relative to competitor products, uh, we think is going to add additional value and, and better outcomes for our clients. Of course, you know, we also talk a lot about factors. And certainly because of the way that this is built and the, you know, the index methodology and the type of companies that you're getting exposure to, you're going to have that small cap size factor premia that exists over time. And so you should expect to be compensated for that additional risk. And therefore, we think it'll add additional value relative to broad market exposure. So with TECI launching freshly out in the market, if I'm an advisor, how can I use this fund to grow my business? 
when I think about, you know, the next generation and the intergenerational wealth transfer that's happening in the marketplace, I think it's more and more important today, more than ever, that advisors are on top of these exciting new themes that are coming into the marketplace. And so for me as an advisor, I think first and foremost, presenting this story to clients and presenting the story to your client's children uh, is going to help you, I'll say, become more holistic in the way in which you're approaching your client base and give the opportunity to meet with that kind of next generational wealth. Because these are the type of stories that they're looking for, the type of exposure that they're interested in. So I'd say that that's first and foremost, I think, is use this as an opportunity uh, to educate your existing client base, uh, to inform them that you are in the know of uh, you know the, the, the hot topics of the day that are hitting the front pages of the newspaper, but that you've got a prudent, low-cost exposure, uh, a way in which to, to bring these type of stories to your client base. And I think, you know, on top of everything that's going on from an advisor perspective, when you think about KYP and CFR and all the regulatory reform that's occurring in the marketplace, just the ability to use ETFs within the practice is going to help them, A, drive down costs, which are becoming more and more sensitive to the client, particularly as, you know, return expectations uh, go lower and therefore lower cost hurdles, better outcomes for clients, uh, allows them to offer uh, transparency into their practice and obviously more transparency as to what they own and why they own it. And of course, uh, you know, a liquidity vehicle uh, in addition to increasing efficiencies within their practice. And so from my perspective, you know, high level, just utilizing ETFs and incorporating more ETFs within an advisor practice is going to help them create better efficiencies, drive down costs, and obviously better scale. Uh, and of course, using an ETF like this is going to give you better uh, potential outcomes for your clients while also giving you an opportunity to talk about things that clients are excited to talk about. I love that too. And I, and I love that kind of positioning or the discussion around holistic wealth and more holistic approach. I think that's super important. You know, this is a easy ETF to pick if you have specific customers who really want to talk about it. It's a great way though to also as you as you say show that you're staying current on market trends on the hot topic of the day, which I think helps build a lot of trust with the customer because they understand or with the client because they understand that you're following the trends, you're following the market, you're looking out for them, and you're and you're trying to find products that will help match their interests as well as the the needs of their portfolio and financial plan. And then also a nice way to talk to the next generation or educate them for the next generation as a way to be able to get exposure to their kids or or, or whatnot before the wealth transfer happens, um, giving yourself more exposure to the entire family. So I, I love that idea, and I, I think as we are cap and tell big fans and, and big promoters of holistic wealth management, of deep client discussions, really spending the time to understand your client needs. So, so important, especially today, especially with the markets as they are. And so I, I love that point and had to pick up on that and, and double down because it's a big part of our messaging, something we're really passionate about. As a final note, I would love to know about your team's long-term view on the market in tech do you think this is a trend? Do you think it's going to continue to go? Is the pandemic pushing it a lot faster? Will it maintain the momentum? I'd love to get a couple thoughts on the long-term view. I think that in a nutshell, look, we're not looking at technology as just one sector. Right? We think that that was the view um, of, the, of the 2010s. Today, we're seeing those lines begin to really fall apart. Uh, technology is encroaching on every other sector. Uh, it's hard to say if a company is a consumer business anymore, a technology company, 
the way we look at it instead is there are collections of incredibly bright people that are getting together, getting organized. They have access to abundant capital and they're using their determination. They're using their imagination to disrupt a whole bunch of really stale status quo out there. And look, that might sound a bit pie in the sky. We've, uh, we've, you know, people will say, we'll look back 20 years ago, we had a stock bubble. We had very similar language, you could say, around it. You know, we think the difference is that there's a lot of conditions that are lining up right now that are going to make technology work for the next decade. And we're talking about things like a population that understands technology and very receptive to change. So just about everyone having a smartphone, knowing how to use apps, really living in a digital world. That's, I, don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration anymore. But also factors like this abundant and expensive capital that uh, companies can use to actually advance their ideas forward, a really encouraging regulatory environment. So you're seeing not only the United States that has historically fostered technology and innovation, but also China, the other superpower today, really doubling down and, and putting its entire bet on the future of the, of the country as, as something that can, that can innovate and challenge the U.S. And so we think that this continues. It's impossible to, of course, predict the, the rate of something like this. These are big societal shifts and currents. But we're not certainly uh, subscribers to the argument that, uh, that everything falls apart. You know, it kind of begs the question sometimes people will say, well, Give us a number, you know, what kind of return? <laughs> and, you know, it, it's interesting people say that. And as you can imagine, it's, it's not some, an answer anyone will commit to because uh, no one can really predict the future. But I like to tell people, well, let, let's examine the last decade and um, let's forget share price returns because those follow. But let's look at earnings growth. And the, the earnings growth of the technology sector over the last 10 years has been about 14%. I'm talking about the S&P 500 technology stocks. And that's close to double that of the rest of the market. And so I think as, as our base rate of expectations for return for the next decade, I mean, we should really start with earnings growth, the, the fundamental of fundamentals. And the question is, A, do you think that that can continue? And B, is it going to be superior to the rest of the market? And then it really, you know, future will prove or disprove our, our hypotheses. But we think that the, the 2020s is, is a decade of innovation even greater than the 2010s were and that there is a, a breed of companies that can emerge and become very successful and create a lot of shareholder value. And, and again, that's really what the product TCI Techie is, uh, is uh, betting on. That's amazing. And look, thank you so much, Jonathan Vitali, for coming back on the podcast and uh, talking about this. It's so cool that we're able to cover it just as it's entering the market, just as it's going live. And so we really appreciate the opportunity to do that. And look forward to talking to you again soon about some more exciting new products that uh, TDAM is producing. Thank you. Thanks for having us on, James. Technology is constantly in the media. It will be on clients' minds, and for those who are following these trends, these tech-focused ETFs are incredible options to show them you're listening. Offering exposure to new products can open up conversations around their financial goals, areas of interest, and helps build rapport over time, leading to a better client experience and a stronger sense of trust. You might be surprised at what piques a client's interest and helps them feel more empowered about their financial future. Thanks again to Jonathan and Vitaly for joining us and giving us a scoop on the newest ETF coming out from TDS Asset Management. 
This is what the show is all about. And we're thrilled to work with partners like TDAM to go beyond the press release for our listeners. If you like what you hear, drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love to have you join us. We'll see you next time on The Frontier.